0: Laura Rusu, or I should say Dr. Laura Rusu, I am so excited to have you on She's the Boss Chats sharing your story.
1: Thank you very much, Joss, for inviting me.
0: My absolute pleasure. So, let's start with what it is you do now.
1: So Tell I'm us about a, your businesses.
0: Yes, I'm
1: the founder of a fintech platform called Lensel, yeah. which uh, aims to connect uh, retail investors with corporates and help, help investors get access to fast and easy to incorporate to performance information, uh, right. financial we, and non-financial.
0: So unpacking that, because I've worked with you a little bit, yes. partly you are, you've are you created these apps. One is to help people. We'll tell people about the three we, different apps that yeah, I know so, that we've been working
1: on. Yeah, we, we have an application which helps investors build diversified portfolios and mitigate the risk of their investments right. with uh, diversified portfolios. Um, it, it has some... Quite unique features which are not available somewhere else on the market. I'm very proud. We, we bring some science to to people. And is um, the, this is
0: for the general public to use. General this public, isn't for, yes. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. so give them access to to insights which otherwise you no know, professionals would have, but not not regular investors in, in other words. Right. Uh, another application is uh, one uh, which allows in, um, any Australian to see who's polluting around them. Oh,
0: pollution is such a a big topic.
1: Yes, it is. Looking at polluting facilities around them. So Mm they're not just factories that pollute, they are also schools or bakeries or other facilities that pollute. So people can search and see who's polluting around them, which is very good, I guess, for raising awareness about all this pollution and impact on climate and everything.
0: It's amazing. Uh, um, and so, it, it, So, does it look around you geographically or do you have to t- type uh, in a so company
1: you name? Search, or? You, you can search by, uh, by your address and it will show everything around in 5Ks, which is wow. uh, 5 <laughs> K's convenient <section>. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, or you can search by suburb or you can search by company. So, you see if it's a particular amazing. company. Amazing. And that one, what's that one called? It's called Polaris.
0: Polaris. Okay. And then there's one more, isn't there, a crypto? Uh, There
1: is one which uh, allows companies, uh, listed Mm -hmm. companies that need to um, report their financial performance to ASIC or to ATO. Um they can report that performance, financial performance in a digital standard format. So, okay. it's much easier than for uh, anyone interested to access that information. So, currently, does that look like for, yeah. as a
0: part of an annual report or something?
1: Yes, yes. So, currently, uh, companies that need to report to ASIC do that in a PDF format. Mm-hmm. And you very often end up with hundreds of pages. So, if you have a 200-pages report and you want to… To read about, you know, find the performance, find the financial statement, extract the data, do whatever analytics you want to do. It's very time-consuming. So by uh, by using an international standard and reports that in a digital format. You can right. just, you know, put that in a database and then get people access very quickly to that information. Amazing. You are um. an
0: absolutely incredible woman because at one of the She's the Boss lunches, you also mentioned you've got six, six patents.
1: Yes, I have. <laughs> yes.
0: I just absolutely love it that you're a scientist and obviously good at all this stuff that a lot of women aren't <laughs> and mm. that you're sharing the love. So, what's the, so the big question is why did you set it up in the first place? Why did you set up Lenzel?
1: So I I've worked for more than 20 years in in corporates. Okay. <laughs> um, and part of my soul as I said you, as you said I am a bit of scientist researcher also uh, um worked as a software developer software engineer I was a lecturer for some time. So um during all this time um I became aware that um many you know companies and many of our clients in where I was working uh, last time in IBM for example in IBM yeah. research many Companies um, had their own resources and technology and human resources, very smart people to, to, to get access to data and to get access to insights and algorithms and AI and data analytics and all, all those uh, smart uh, smart bits. Yeah. Uh, but regular uh, regular people, regular investors or regular Australians, couldn't access all that data. Couldn't access all that, you know, insights. Yeah. I'm smart, so I thought… But was,
0: was, there a moment, was there a moment where you saw somebody get ripped off or make a bad judgment or or even yourself <laughs> to, and you went, I've got to do something about this?
1: <laughs> no, to be honest, was um, it was about… Um, Access to that information from annual reports, which I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, myself being uh, an investor, you know, st- starting some time ago with my husband, I thought it's very. It was very difficult if we wanted to invest. You know, five, ten companies, you had to do a lot of reading every time, and you can make errors and. It, it was very annoying for us as a mm-hmm. person. And then I thought, well, if that happens to us, that happens to everyone who has to do the same thing. Yeah, so true. I thought, well, let's build an application which will make this easier. And then I start, because my, my background was in uh, digitalization and standardization. I thought there has to be a way to do this smarter. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked, <laughs> I looked internationally and there are indeed uh, standards for exchanging all these data, you know, making all these reports much, you know, uh, um, easy to, to, access. To, to access and yeah transmit from one side to another and access later. And so I did all these investigations and looked at what happens in Australia. I saw that we don't have it here. So I started on building that application um, and, you know, then different ideas came up and I thought, well, I just turned an uh, entrepreneur <laughs> at <laughs> not a very young age, but... <laughs> Uh, I see. Um, well, you no.
0: totally are an entrepreneur and an inventor <laughs> and a STEM advocate, which is fantastic yes, for, yeah. to see women in, in sort of STEM like this. Okay, so I want to hear your story because we can hear there's an accent there yes. as well. So can you take me back to, I don't know, whenever you like, high school or, or primary school, and talk to me about what kind of a family you grew up in. Were your parents entrepreneurial or scientists as an influence, um, and then how your career progressed? So let's start with you. I I don't know. Let's start in high school.
1: High school. Oh, Go primary school. Okay, primary school. Start with primary. I always always liked mathematics. I am originally from Romania. Okay. Uh, My dad is an engineer. Uh, My Uh, mom was, uh, or she she was a translator uh, from Russian to Romanian, and Romanian to Russian. Oh, right. Hence, probably my accent sounds a bit like (laughs) Russian because (laughs) – I used to uh, know Russian very well when I was little okay. uh, in the meantime because I didn't use it. I forgot most of the you know vocabulary, but I uh, kept vaccine. <laughs>
0: So, so that's a Russian accent, isn't it? That's a Russian know, because accent, I don't yeah. know what a, a Romanian no, accent is No, my like. husband
1: is also from Romania, but he, he speaks with a different accent. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, But anyway, so I liked maths very much when I was in primary school and when in high school, mathematics and, were you, and were you, Did you
0: grow up in the city or yes, in the country? Yes, in a city.
1: Okay. No, it's in a city. It's a, a smaller city, the northern part of Romania in Moldavia. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so that's my dad was an engineer and he helped me very much you know when I was little with all the mathematics and everything when I was a problem which I didn't know how to solve he was helping and explaining okay and uh yeah so um I grew up with this sort of exact mind (laughs) yeah and I liked physics a lot when in high school um and at that time uh, in Romania was um let's say Uh, girls were going mostly to uh, arts, uh, sort of uh, universities after finishing high school. Um, Why do you
0: think that was? Was that encouraged over there? It was
1: a tradition, I guess. You know, women more in arts and men more in engineering and Well, I guess that's kind of global
0: as well, isn't it? That's what they're trying to change. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was uh, probably um, one of three girls in our class who (gasps) decided to go to school. Information Technology University, uh, sort of faculty in the university.
0: Gosh, were you um, one of very, very few women there?
1: Uh, quite, yeah. Probably, I don't know, 20% maybe, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, at least not, you weren't, t- many,
0: guess, you weren't was, sort of on yeah. your own.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was okay. Um, and, um, yeah, so in my university, um, I studied a lot of information technology, computer science, programming. It was... Um, it was quite difficult because at the time I didn't have a computer at home, so I had to do all the, you know experimentation and Gosh. learning at the university but was okay i got a computer after i finished actually
0: isn't that crazy um, when you yes. think of kids now who just have laptops yes, in primary yeah, school yeah, true. Now they it's have like um, i studied cinema studies so the other end of the scale which was mm. just entertainment but i remember in class that we would say imagine one day if you could cuz vcr's were just coming yes. out i think they were the beta ones and we'd go imagine just being able to take your homework home and watch a movie at home
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, same well. thing for you with <laughs> your thing.
0: computers.
1: Yes, yes, it was crazy. I mean, it was one of the kind of older programming languages, which not many people use now, but right. I guess that's always changing, so you have to keep up, up to date. Um, yeah, so then… So you finished? I, I finished high school. I went to Bucharest, which is the capital city of Romania, to did the university, five years. Uh, then I did a master's in uh, economics at the same university. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, I worked for a few years, seven years. So,
0: what a, was the first job when you fef- left school? Um, or when you left uni, sorry, it, I should it say. It was
1: in a, a, like a National Statistics Bureau, sort of equivalent. Okay. Yeah. So Which, doing did a that bit get of, you
0: excited? That makes not me go, really.
1: <laughs> no, Not really. I didn't I didn't stay long there. So, I left after I don't know, a few months and I moved in a sort of analyst programmer role. In the uh, National Forest Administration. In
0: okay, Romania. so in, in Romania are uh, the good jobs with government? Is that one of the sort of things? Is there a lot uh, of private time, enterprise? yes. At the right. time,
1: the uh, good jobs were government. Now there are many multinationals,
0: you know, of, uh, companies
1: yeah. that have, you know, much better paid uh, roles or much more interesting, challenging roles as well. Okay, uh, yeah. so, okay yeah. so
0: you went and worked with the forestry uh, yeah, forestry People. national
1: forest administration was like a headquarters sort of uh, office, mm-hmm. uh, with um, offices in in the country. 40, 40 offices in the country, and was I was in the head office doing you know different programs to help them with different things. So from you were finance. creating software for them. Yeah, then. creating uh, software for finance, for um, human resources departments. Wow, yeah, things like that. Not not very you know, but quite interesting at the time because there was a lot of manual work, a lot of Excel spreadsheets and everything. So, I was trying to help people to make better use of their time and automate whatever was possible.
0: And I mean, I assume that this is um, a while ago in that a lot of things, people weren't just automating things in those days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is changed now. Um, And more People, more young people went to IT during all kind of past twenty years. So it's a very strong IT industry in Romania, actually. okay. And it's very yeah. It's, um, yeah, without lack of lack of modesty, <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite uh, uh, young young kids are quite good in maths and uh, IT and computer programming, right? Things like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what happened next? What what happened after so, the forestry place? So
1: when I immigrated to Australia, in <laughs> two thousand and three. Why? Yeah.
0: What made you want to come to Australia?
1: Um, I don't know. Probably at that time was um, we couldn't probably see a lot of future for our careers. Me and my husband and um, so he you
0: met him over there
1: yes, while you were working. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we met actually thirty years ago now. <laughs> oh,
0: congratulations! <laughs> yes. Um
1: So um, many of our uh, colleagues were going to Canada, just changing, you know, for looking for other opportunities. And mean he went to Canada. Uh-huh. And I think it was just us who decided to go via our side. side the, to of the us, world. Yeah, Yes, yes. The <laughs> Did you world. know anyone here? Uh, not really. We found a friend of a friend who helped yeah. us with some information about, you know, house life here. But we, we didn't know much. It was very oh, exotic, but ex- exotic from that side of the world. And Absolutely. still he's for many people there, yeah.
0: So roughly uh, how old are you when you arrived then? Roughly how old I were you? I was 30. Okay. 30,
1: yeah. All right. And, so um, you and your husband arrived in Melbourne. Yes. In Melbourne, yes. I, I came actually, I applied from Romania to do a master by research at Latrobe University. Okay. I
0: actually
1: applied a few universities. And when I came here, I had some interviews in Latrobe and Monash and Melbourne Uni. And I got um, two or three offers for the um, I master's itself. I bet you did. Itself, <laughs> I bet you only, did. Only, only Latrobe also made me an offer for, uh, for a casual casual position to also ah. do some tutoring. And yep. Because I needed the money to you now support the family uh, when we arrived here, I took that that um, uh, position in the master's uh, place and also the tutoring okay. role. And what
0: does your husband do? Uh,
1: he was a um, police officer in Romania. Okay. No, he's a psychologist. He did psychology here in Australia. Oh,
0: amazing. And, you two are uh, fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he kind of change were all in away
0: so you both became both became academics for the first couple of years you doing your masters and him becoming a psychologist
1: He here yeah, he started to become a psychologist here uh, in in melbourne uni yeah yeah
0: Right. Okay, so what happened next? So you got into uni?
1: So I got into the masters by research. After 1 year, I upgraded to PhD because my supervisor said, "Well, you had you had some good results and some papers published." And she said, "Well, it's good for you to to upgrade to go to PhD." Fantastic. Um, because it's more more time and more kind of Interesting problems to solve and look and at also And also more so
0: prestigious. On. I mean, by having a PhD so. <laughs> is, is the next level. Yes,
1: I guess so, yeah. And you become a doctor. <laughs> yes, I became a doctor, yes. Um, my my uh, topic and um, work in, in my PhD was around XML data warehousing and data mining. Which, Sorry, you know, in, sounds, I didn't
0: quite, I didn't quite <laughs> catch
1: yes, that. XML data warehousing and what data mining. X, what is XML, <laughs> XML data I don't know to, Yes, I, I, I know seen. it sounds a bit dry.
0: It does, uh, very dry. Uh,
1: It's a, so XML is a markup language, is a, is a format in which you represent data for exchanging between systems. So, this is where actually (laughs) my passion for that digitalization and standardization started. So, instead of sending, you know, papers, faxes, PDFs, you send the data to different systems in the format. So, it's much easier between, uh, to, to communicate between systems. If you have a certain, you know, I would say it's sort of like English here for Romanians and I never nations. It's a sort of language. A way you to, can communicate. Yeah, communicate between different systems. Wow.
0: So. Wow. You, you're, the way your brain works is incredible. So what so, do you do with that once, you, once you've once got, did so you get snapped first, up? By... First, I,
1: I did a postdoc actually after finishing my PhD with Air Services Australia. I worked on some projects. They were looking to move their uh, data, aviation data about, you know, flights and routes and everything, moving to this XML-based format. So, yeah. again, making their systems more automated, more um, interactive as well. And I worked two years for Air Services and Latrobe on a postdoc. Okay. And uh, actually, all this time, I also worked for a software company from mm-hmm. when I arrived uh, called Portfolio Server at the time. Okay. Portfolio server was uh, acquired by ComputerShare, mm-hmm. which many people know about. ComputerShare Technology Services. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, ComputerShare? If you have any investments, any holdings, they will send you some statements from time to time. So we are uh, like okay. a registry registry uh, company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I worked um, during my PhD and my postdoc. I also worked as a software uh, developer.
0: And so, and I'm waiting for the, I decided to go out on my own. So what happened next? Well, this
1: is what I said, I am more than 20 years before I moved on. Uh, So when I moved to IBM Research where I worked for eight years and this is where I got those patents. Uh, It was a very innovative sort of environment. Um, So
0: so you're working with them, but they let you register the patents. They don't belong to IBM.
1: Uh, they belong to IBM, okay. but the, so how it works? They, the IP is the IBM IP, mm-hmm. and wherever you are, you work for, and but you are still the author of a of a patent. So you have a let's say ownership of a. Science A portion of it. <laughs> and right. they have IP of using it for commercial purposes.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so
1: I couldn't use any of my patents for any commercial. So I cannot implement something which uses one of those. IBM can, can or whoever. Um, right. But uh, yeah, whoever does it is still the author. So.
0: Yeah. Well, now you've got <laughs> <guess> Polaris we- <laughs> and DiverseView and the yes. crypto one. So you're slowly building up your own IP yes. as well.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. What we try to do, I try to do in this, uh, especially in the diversity one, is to use uh, very, you know, very novel concepts, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, to bring that to to people. uh, There are some, you know, optimization and artificial intelligence algorithms inside uh, to which, yeah, you wouldn't have access otherwise. So, uh, my aim in a way was to to make this sort of democratic and bring it to, to the people so more people can access that type of insights. so I, uh, I
0: i got that straight away and i love <laughs> it that that's what you're doing yeah so so why so, did you suddenly decide to go out on your own
1: uh <laughs> probably because uh, i don't know i wanted probably was thinking about my my life and what i want to do in life yeah. i just wanted that I figure out I don't want to be just an employee forever. I wanted to make a, uh, an impact by, by myself. Yeah. Um, and Leverage. as I yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I realized all, during all these years that there is a lot of data around us, and a lot of information, but. People don't have access to it just because they are not aware or because they don't know how to access it. And you, when you get all this data, it's very difficult to integrate and make out some sense out of it altogether. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, I'll use my my experience and my you know skills and everything, and my my mind, which sort of goes to innovation <laughs> most of it the does. time, um, to to. Create something which will help people get access to all that data and insights. Um, So, probably, yeah, I wanted to…
0: But there wasn't a sort of a light bulb moment. Was there something that triggered it or it was just a general feeling that this was was what you wanted to do? It was a general feeling
1: that's sort of someone has to do it. It's it's not easy. Um, I have a sort of… expression that if it was easy somebody else would have done it so That's- it's difficult so <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult but yeah we, well, i need to do it and i think i can do it and i know how um it's probably a matter of you know time and effort to to create a system Amazing. like this but um yeah so i'm not sure if it was a light bulb or a sort of slowly accumulating um, idea about what can be done and what kind of seeing that Nothing else moves in this space. I, I so, should get it.
0: So, um, w- did you leave the company and then start inventing or had you already left and then you thought, what am I going to do and uh, then decided I, to invent? After
1: I left from IBM, I went to, to Monash University and Latrobe University where I was teaching for one year.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, I was a lecturer in, that, in business, uh, business intelligence systems. Uh, in Monash, at one point, uh, I had 600 students <laughs> in the course, which is a bit, <laughs> a bit, uh, a bit challenging to manage. <laughs> but yes, was uh, was okay in the end. So it was oh, I know, but what difficult. a
0: validation of your topic! Like, obviously, they were all very, yes. very interested yeah, in was, what, what it's all about. Uh, yeah,
1: it, it was a great uh, kind of set of students. Uh, and actually, after I left, one of them, uh, one of them got uh, to work with me in my in my business. Oh good! Um, was very good, uh, very good guy, and uh, yeah. After, I mean, while working at at uh, Monash and um, La Trobe, I, I started to to sort of put the basis right. of the, the business and starting to talk to 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 people and get feedback about features and what should be in those applications to you know to make it useful. Okay. And I'm still continuing to do that because you cannot just create something which I think is good. I need to talk to people, and see what they think is.
0: Good for well, that's very true. And of course, the the thing that you're probably used to with software that those of us that haven't got that background are slowly getting used to is it doesn't have to be perfect. You can always yes. tweak it and change it as you go. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there is this concept of minimum viable product, which everyone talks about. So, what I think is kind of you start small with some just one or two mm-hmm. features and then keep adding. So, this is what we are doing now. I have quite a few more ideas to, <laughs> to add to this application. But <laughs> uh, yeah, you cannot do all at once. So, yeah. Just, Fantastic. Just uh,
0: slowly, I Okay, now you've worked in very male-dominated fields all your life and you've changed mm-hmm. countries, but I do like to ask, because this is She's the Boss and it's about women, yeah. have there been any women that have helped you along the way? And if so, do you want to tell us what their name is and how they helped you? Can um, you think of any? Yes. Well.
1: Oh, good. First... Um, my my boss in the National Forest Administration at the time actually there were two ladies who were kind of changed oh, roles at good. some different points. They were women, um, and uh, probably after in, in a portfolio server, I had male bosses. Yeah, quite. Uh, very good men, bosses. <laughs> bosses. Yeah, uh, I, know, I then, mean, you
0: know, we don't get anywhere without the guys helping us. I just, yes, no, I just but, think, particularly because you're in STEM, it's interesting yes, to know yeah. wh- in the women share, lifting you up.
1: Yeah, in Computershare was another uh, lady, Caroline Steinkamp, and she's now, uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, company she's with, but she's very involved with VK City for Women, which I'm not sure if you know about them. They are doing some regular What's their name, Uh, sorry? Something for women? Vic ICT for women. Oh, Vic ICT ICT, for women. Okay. And she's involved with um, volunteering time. I was for a while as well, uh, kind of helping with uh, events and everything. Um, As you said, it's a (laughs) male-dominated world. I no, I'm I'm delighted uh, that you
0: can give me a couple of names. In
1: IBM research, uh, most managers were men as well. And, again, very good managers. Uh, we also had the director, Joanna Badstone. She's with Monash University, um, oh, Monash Centre now. Um,
0: what about outside of work? Do you have a best friend that's pushing you forward all the time? Or any any people socially who?
1: Uh, not women. So my okay. best friend who's pushing me is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, uh, probably all my friends or most of my friends are from a non-science background, yeah. so not okay. really STEM. Yeah. yeah but um, I, I would say that um, I was uh, I also involved in IBM with some some uh, mentoring roles helping uh, some programs to um, in some programs to help women and girls understand more about your cloud computing and different tech problems yeah um, I run some workshops um, f- specialized and focused on women I think um, it, it's a both sides sort of story. Um, if you are a girl or a woman who wants to, to kind of pursue this, this area, mm-hmm. it's, um, uh, it's a lot up to you as well as getting in environments where you are supported. Yeah. Um, you need to be, I guess, ambitious and prove that you are good at what you are doing. And then it's very, um, I mean, for sure you'll get the, the trust and respect and, um, for, for, from all your colleagues, male or female, if, mm-hmm. if you really know what you are doing, and I think this is very, very important. I never had. I know there are many discussions about people um, being, you know, harassed or bullied, or I never had that problem. And oh, good. I guess if I had it, <laughs> they wouldn't have an easy life with me because <laughs> I, I can make a snap back. But um, I think uh, the. The main reason was that I was quite serious all the time and showed that I'm not what I'm. I know what I'm doing, and I kind of explained And they got the point that I was right. So, if I got the point that I was right, nobody could, you know, yeah, they contradict me or something. Or so, yeah, and you
0: didn't have um, that experience. I was just reading about it on the weekend, where you're in a meeting and you suggest something, and nobody picks you up on it at all, and then a guy two minutes later says, I've seen this a few times recently, two minutes later a man will go, I know, why don't we do such and such? And the woman will go, hang on, I suggested that. And and all the men, you know, jump on it once another bloke suggests it. But you haven't had that.
1: Um no, maybe, but if it was the case, of course, I would have said the same thing. Yeah. I was the first yeah. to high. I said that, and I, <laughs> you know, I can. But no, I think I in, in my uh, comp, in the computer share um, role, um, and also in IBM at some point, I was like a team lead sort um, sort of roles. And um, again, I think it comes with with uh, with time and experience yeah. to get people to not react in that way. So kind of listen to you when you when you speak. Yeah and, and it very much listen, depends
0: on the culture, I think. Depends on the, the culture
1: of a company as well. Um, and depends on the personality of a you know of, of a woman as well, as a mm-hmm. people as well. Uh, of course I, I imagine there are many places when maybe there are you know two bossy Men or two, I know.
0: Yeah, I mean, Uh, like with anything, I think you get the wrong people. Yes, you cannot do much if you're
1: bad people. You know, so you cannot do much even if you are very good and very, you know. Yeah, knowledgeable and everything. They all keep kind of snapping, snap at you. But um, I didn't have this. But uh, well, you sort were, of obviously
0: they knew that they had a genius in their
1: midst. In their midst. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. No. I think so. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a culture. It's a culture thing, I guess. And uh, coming from from uh, from Romania, I guess I had that uh, sort of resilience um, and not letting myself, um, you know. To be distracted. (laughs) to be distracted, yeah. Um, A sort of. um...
0: Fantastic. Okay, now, how long have you had your business, Lensil, for?
1: Roughly. It's roughly one and a half years now.
0: Okay, so my next question may or may not really be relevant, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because for most people, when they set up their business, it's not it doesn't always go according to plan. Mm. (laughs) You know, you have this vision of I'm going to do this and and, and certainly with younger people, I hear a lot of people saying, I'll build the business and then people will just come, you know, and I'm going to limit who's allowed on it. And you go, hang on a minute, you've got to let people know first. Have there been any pivotal moments, either successes or failures in the last 18 months um, that you want to talk about at all?
1: Yeah. That you've learned from, yes, I guess. so yeah, even if it was a short time, mm-hmm. <laughs> short period of time. Um, as I mentioned, that application about uh, letting companies report in a digital format, yeah, um, that was actually the first application I started to build, mm-hmm. and uh, it was based on a platform which ASIC, uh, ATO, and APRA and others are members of. Yeah, it's called Standard Business Reporting, and um. Uh, I started off working on that platform, so we built above, uh, on top of that platform. And then I realized that uh, ASIC, ASIC was no longer supporting that platform. So oh. it was a bit of this disappointment at the time. Um, not that they don't support digital reporting. They do and they say they do, but they, they were no longer part of a technical platform. So we couldn't do much without ASIC right. being there. So what did so you do? So we had to sort of pivot, as you said. And, um, we still have that application, but now we are focused more on the diversity view and polarist one, which are more sort of focused to the consumer side rather than focus, yeah. focusing on the corporates reporting side. Uh, that's still very important. And I will still pursue that, <laughs> uh, next, um, because Australia has to come in line with all the international movements, yeah, so it'll happen in the US and Europe stage, yeah. has to happen. Yeah. It has to happen. And, uh, but uh, we had to pivot as well with COVID and everything last year. Um, it was a hard Yeah, how did difficult. that affect you? It didn't affect directly, to be honest. In a way, I, we had more time to working from home. Maybe one is working from home. We had a bit more time to develop some more features in our own applications.
0: Right, yes, but because um, if you are online anyway, yes, we are online,
1: so not really commute. A, yeah, yeah, kind of commute. Have a bit more time to. Uh, I live in southeast, so it's one and a half hours to the city. Right. One hour and coming back so it's like three hours uh, saved during each day to to work more on this right. Uh, project. Right, so it's not,
0: it hasn't been a bad it was thing okay. at all.
1: It was okay. I mean, we, we <laughs> all miss the social interaction and meeting your colleagues. Absolutely. We, we still had uh, like once a week meetings uh, with a team, uh, mm-hmm. some, a small team, but we, we still wanted to meet and now we cannot, but we'll wait for next. <laughs> are you doing
0: Zoom meetings or are we you just all Zoom, Zoomed yeah. out?
1: Yeah, no, Zoom meetings, yeah, Zoom meetings, <laughs> Zoomed out <laughs> most of the time.
0: <laughs> okay, now uh, yeah. obviously you have an absolute passion for what you're doing and yeah. it sounds like it's it's in your DNA, but <laughs> how do you juggle? I don't even know whether, do you have children?
1: No, we don't have children. No.
0: Okay, so how do you juggle not working all the time? How are you make, carving out free time? Free time. Especially when your husband has his own business as well, do you find that you have to say, okay, after six or on weekends it's not about work or how are you doing the juggle?
1: Um, it depends on the level of energy, I guess, from each yeah. day or week. Uh, most of the time we uh, yeah, we work quite a lot, but we kept keep weekends for, for okay. us and for we have a small garden. And we do a bit of gardening and uh, watching movies and reading and things. For example, this weekend, I tried to not do much because I was quite tired. But um, other weekends, we need to work. So it probably depends from one week to another. I don't. We don't have set times, you know, kind of finish at six or finish at seven and that's it. Um, Sometimes there are pressures, I mean, to, to finish something, a project or to respond to someone and things like that. Um, yeah, well, that
0: that, that could yes. be really hard, but I guess it's just the number of but, women I've spoken to that are burnt out. Burnt out,
1: yeah. We still need to get to get time off, uh, sort of
0: stress relief.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, I, my my uh, my husband is a psychologist, so he's working on the stress. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm lucky on that side, but yes. he's also stressed out. He's also burned out. I mean, he he can get because and uh, none of us can take so many, a holiday. <laughs> yes, nobody can take a holiday, and so many pre- people with other problems and. Uh, but um, I, I guess we have like a sort of dynamic balance when we feel that we are very tired or we tell each other that I feel we are quite tired and we need to take a you know break. Um, nice.
0: And, and when we're not in lockdown, which we are right now, but uh, do you travel a lot, you and your husband? What, what, is, what do you like to do? We like to travel. Do?
1: Yeah, we'd like to travel through country Victoria or different states, but mostly in country Victoria. So we actually Last weekend we, we planned to go somewhere, <laughs> but we not So did I. <laughs> but so yeah. So. Um, but what about
0: but Romania? Do you go home?
1: Uh, we used to go uh, maybe every two years.
0: Right. Uh,
1: visit our parents uh, who are there, and um, my my sister is in Romania. My brother is in Brussels in in Belgium. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, you, we used to visit El, maybe every two years in average. Nice. And we haven't been, of course, since uh, yeah. Uh, COVID and everything. I think
0: that's probably the hardest thing for anybody who's got friends yes. and relatives yeah. overseas. Yeah. Especially
1: <sighs> with parents who you know are older Old. and have yeah. different problems and cannot uh, see. Yeah. I mean, we, we have Skype and Zoom uh, meetings, but it's not the same. <laughs>
0: no, no. Yeah, I guess that's um, okay. Now, here's a question that a journalist suggested that I ask, and I love asking it because I never know what the answer is going to be. <laughs> is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? <laughs> Such a good question, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, Can you quirky.
0: think of it? I mean, I don't know, do you I like, like <laughs> folk dancing on the weekend or? <laughs>
1: Not really. I like mystery, mystery sort of books and movies. Okay. Uh, it's sort of uh, like um, Agatha Christie style or, you know, the old sort the of mystery. Ones, yeah. older the older ones, yes, yeah. Yeah, yes, that one. Because uh, it's always that logic or that uh, kind of looking for, for clues and Hints and things which you need to solve something, solve a problem, sort of, yeah. Oh, you can't get away
0: from it even in your leisure. You love doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah.
1: So actually reading, it it uh, relaxes me very much. So I try to read when I can. That's probably part of um, that balance which you mentioned earlier. I realized that I haven't been sort of reading for a few months now. Because every time was something else. Yeah. And uh, from like two days ago, I started reading again. I said every night I'll <laughs> read again at least one hour before I go to sleep. Yeah, good uh, idea. Because it's very relaxing, at least for me. Yeah, so, no, I'm a yeah. reader
0: too and I, and I thoroughly agree. Yeah. Okay, now the last two questions are really um, apropos of nothing, other than I just love my phone, <laughs> and so I like to ask if other people love their phones too. So, do you do any business on your phone? And if so, have you got any no. apps that you like? No, no, no. I You're creating apps phone. for computers.
1: <laughs> yes, and I keep my phone for you know interaction and communication. And with that's it. My family and friends. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, but probably you know once in a while check for your email or something on the phone, but it's not something I do. You know, regularly work for yeah, I wonder it's- whether
0: that's something about you software developers because my partner Dave is um, a software guy as well. I mean, old style is, I, I can't even remember what it is. It's something to do with Microsoft. But um, <laughs> every time I tell him about an app, he's like, no, no, no. I know about software. I know about apps. I know, you know, yes, I know uh- what they're doing. <laughs> and so he doesn't like it either. Same thing.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if it's red or just. There are quite a lot of applications, to be honest, and uh, <laughs> there so are. many doing the same thing. So then you have to figure out which one is better and which one is better for your phone as well. It doesn't drain your ah, battery and see, everything. I don't even so. ever think
0: of that. Yeah. So you you're, you're which being, one is applying safe? the logic to it. Which one is safe? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, there's that too.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: Okay, now if anybody would like to get hold of you, Laura, and um, or come and work with you or look at your apps Go on, download now. What is the best way for people to get hold of you and the various apps?
1: Yes. So, the, all apps are on our platform, Lensel, and the address is mm-hmm. it's um, dot online.
0: It's L-E-N-S-E-L-L lonline .online.
1: And the email address is info at uh, online, mm-hmm. um, And I check that. Every day, every every hour, every minute, I guess. So it's very easy to get in touch with me. What about social media? Are
0: you on LinkedIn? Are you uh, social on- media?
1: Yes, I have a LinkedIn profile, um, and for the for applications, we have an Instagram account and a Facebook account. Oh, and uh, okay, yeah, but mostly for myself and connected with myself is on LinkedIn. Is probably the best way or via email. Yeah. All right. Fantastic.
0: Laura, you are absolutely amazing. You really are. No. And thank you. It's just so great to talk to a woman thank who is much. so left brain because I'm so right brain. It's just <laughs> lovely. And I'm so excited by what you're achieving and and thank the fact that much. you're really trying to make a, a positive difference in the world. So I try to, yeah. Thank you very, very much Thank for sharing your Thank you for story. inviting me,
1: Jules, and all the best. And I'm looking forward to, to see all the other ladies you invite. I saw the other interviews and it's great. Oh, fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she's the boss.com.au.